Welcome once again to Weekly Homilies with Father Mark Sislenko, pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut, part of the Catholic Archdiocese of Hartford. I'm Carol Vassar, Parish Director of Communications. This is Season 3, Episode 38 for the 28th Sunday in Ordinary Time, October 11th, 2020. Our Gospel reading is from Matthew, Chapter 22, Verses 1 through 14. Jesus again in reply spoke to the chief priests and elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. A second time he sent other servants, saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet, my calves and fattened cattle are killed, and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them, and killed them. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then he said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. But when the king came in to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. The king said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendants, Bind his hands and feet, and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. The Gospel of the Lord. Each one of us has received an invitation to the banquet feast of the kingdom of God. It's a banquet and celebration of God's relationship with humanity a celebration of love, promises, and life. It celebrates the closeness of God to God's people and provides us an opportunity to know our true and real selves and connect with our Creator. When we get the invitation, we look at it, and at first it seems like something we really would like to do. After all, life can become challenging. We can lose focus. God reminds us in the celebration that he is with us, that we are his children, that we have a purpose, direction, and goal, that even when life gets challenging or difficult or disappointing, there is always a tomorrow, a new hope, We enjoy listening to what God has to say. And we find ourselves feeling very comfortable with the thought of perhaps accepting this invitation. It brings us to our sacred place, brings us to our celebration of worship, the Eucharist, the Word of God. A very attractive, invitation indeed. But then we read down a little bit further, and the invitation begins now to direct us to 
the Beatitudes, to Jesus' teaching on justice, to what it really means to love God, to love neighbor, and to love self. We begin to realize that this invitation now not only involves the gift of eternal salvation for myself, but now is calling me to a depth of responsibility for creation and my brothers and sisters. It's asking me to consider changing things up a bit, of extending myself beyond the concerns of my own life and world. As I begin to ponder the body of the invitation, I find myself feeling less comfortable and a little bit more uncomfortable because I realize that I may have to change the way I order and conduct my life. The gospel is a two-edged sword. It's a balance between the comfortable and the uncomfortable. As we listen to Jesus preach, we begin to realize that as much as the gospel connects us to the truth of ourselves, that offers us the oasis in the midst of the calamities and turmoils of life, it is also asking that we live life in a radically different way, that we look at the implications of what we do and how it affects those around us. It becomes a challenging invitation, to say the least. St. Oscar Romero, who really worked on behalf of the poor, the marginalized, and the hurting, had this profound quote that I'd like to share this morning. He said, a church that does not provoke crises, a gospel that doesn't unsettle, a word of God that doesn't get under people's skins, a word of God that does not touch the sin of the society in which it is proclaimed. What gospel is that? You see, if our faith and the kingdom of God just stays within our churches and goes no further, it becomes an empty proclamation indeed. Because then it's something that is just about us and nothing more. My own well-being, here and eternally, and little else. The gospel is always a challenging proposition. And it's no wonder why our Holy Father, who consistently tries to focus us on that challenging proposition, who tries to point to the ills and sins of our world, often finds himself the object of rejection. When we step back and we begin 
to really reflect on and acknowledge the sins of the society in which the gospel is proclaimed our society, we find that there are many indeed. It doesn't take much to find human life in all of its forms, robbed of its dignity. Not only in the moment of conception, but all the way through to natural death. There are so many life issues that involve the sacredness of human life that often get trampled upon because of personal gain and interest. There are so many injustices that abound, so many systems of organization, of corporate life, that seek too much its own satisfaction with little regard for others. It is a society where increasingly more and more those who have are separated from those who have not. That the depth of the chasm between the two is ever widening and ever deepening. How often it is that human life is used and abused, manipulated to the point where it's even sold for profit and gain. The very face and image of God is regarded less and less as an image to be revered and respected. In fact, many fight to remove God from the daily comings and goings of human life. There is great sin indeed, and we don't have to go far before we recognize, see it, and acknowledge it. And it is the church and no one else that has the power and the voice and the responsibility to speak to those ills and to propose avenues of change and healing. Once the church loses the focus of the Beatitudes and its outward reach of the gospel, it fails in its true mission that was given to it by Jesus Christ. We received the invitation. We've read it in its entirety. There is a part that we really like, that we're drawn to, that we desire. But there also is a part that may ask me to change the way I conduct the business of my affairs. It is no wonder then that even people who are considering answering that invitation look at their situation and choose to ignore it or simply refuse to go, returning to their life of business as usual. It's more comfortable there. We've received the invitation. Are we going to go?
Father Mark Stislanko is the pastor of Saints Isidore and Maria Parish in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Learn more about our parish community at isidoreandmaria.org and follow us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our music comes free of charge from Blue Dot Sessions in Fall River, Massachusetts. I'm Carol Vassar. Thanks for listening.